So Netflix has a brand new limited series set within the Witcher universe. It's called The Witcher Blood Origin. It's four episodes long. And we were originally a little excited about this because it stars our very own Tantri Michelle Yeoh. The story is pretty simple. It's set like 1,200 years before the events of the Witcher series that we've seen. And what this series is supposed to do is fill in some backstory with regards to this conjunction of spheres event. If you've seen the Witcher series, you kind of know what that means or what that refers to. And it also tells the origin of the very first Witcher, thus blood origin. The show, however, is a steaming pile of garbage. It is so fucking awful. It feels like it's written by people who heard what fantasy fiction is and then felt like parodying it. And I say that because every trope is here and every trope is executed badly. The beginning of the series opens with Jaskia, who is everyone's favorite bard from the first two Witcher shows, and probably the best character in the Witcher series, at least the TV shows, right? Yeah. And it opens with Jaskia, and he's in the middle of a battle, and he's about to get killed, and he gets saved by Mini Driver, who plays a character called Sean Chai. I knew a Sean Chai in high school, by the way. <laughs> Mini Driver saves him, and then goes on this little spiel. Oh, Jaskia, let me tell you a story. And he's all like, ah, I've heard all the stories. I know all the stories. And she's like, well, have you heard the story about these seven people from differing backgrounds who come together to like save the universe and create the first Witcher? And he's like, what? Really? Oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm like, no, that is every fucking piece of fantasy fiction. There's nothing original about the story at all. Stop peeing on my leg and telling me it's raining. <laughs> I'm... I'm not as invested as you are in this one. I'm not even invested in this series because I'm lukewarm towards The Witcher, right? I still right. do not understand the hype and craze about The Witcher. I'm convinced it has more to do with Henry Cavill than it has to do with the actual story because the actual story is just completely and utterly derivative. I think it's Netflix selling Henry Cavill. Absolutely. I don't even think it's the fans following on Henry Cavill. But anyway, go on. I wasn't even invested in this series. I just think it's insulting that they kind of pawn this third-rate fantasy fiction off at a time when we have things like House of the Dragon and The Rings of Power and even The Wheel of Time. You cannot get away with writing something that is so pedestrian. Yeah. There are seven characters in this thing and they show up and there's absolutely no conflict. There is no tension between these individuals because they meet, they hate each other for about 30 seconds, and then they go, wait, I will join you on your quest. You have made a convincing case in the three sentences that you've spoken to me since. That happens with every single one of this party. Even the hobbits in the Fellowship of the Rings had more complex relationships than this. Between them, exactly. Not even between hobbits and elves and dwarves, just even between them. Let's not even go there. Just between the four hobbits, there was more of a conflict there. I'm only biting my tongue because I'm willing to argue that this isn't a show for me. I agree with you. I think the writing is very pedestrian. I think the way this group comes together is so fucking easy. They barely stumble onto each other and decide to just 
go together. It's exposition, the limited series, because throughout, Minnie Driver is narrating what happens. And the entire series, all four episodes, is tell, not show. But even then, they couldn't work out a plotting that is at least interesting in that, right? Like, if you're going to tell me a story, maybe you can jump around because your narrator could be an unreliable one. This could be a hidden truth. Do something with it other than just so you can have Mini Driver's voice throughout this thing. Also, I totally disagree with you when you say this isn't a show for you. I think you're being too kind because you, like me, grew up reading fantasy fiction. And this yeah. show, The Witcher in general, is targeted towards fans of Game of Thrones, fans of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, fans of Dragonlance, fans of Dungeons and Dragons, all of that stuff, right? Yeah. We are the primary target audience. But at the same time, I don't know if they're trying to get a mass audience. And so they think oh, wait, this is what fantasy shows should be. So let's just use all of the tropes in the book because that is the familiarity and sense that people have about what fantasy shows are. Right. And so you have the evil mage on his quest for power and you have the elf teaming up with the dwarf, teaming up with the ancient Asian warrior. Yeah. I don't mind it because... Yet again, everything is derivative of something and all fantasy kind of borrows from Tolkien and Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman and David Gamble sure. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. But what made their work great, despite being even unoriginal, is that they had compelling characters that you want to follow. Maybe, maybe the dwarf. The dwarf in this is pretty cool, pretty funny, but that's it. It's a quirk as opposed to being an interesting character. My only problem with that is the fact that she came in too late. Only in episode three, right? It was late in three that they bump into each other. And it just feels like, admittedly, I was very distracted while watching this, which wasn't hard because a piece of paper flying across me would have been distracting for this because it was just so dull. But like, it wasn't until the end did I realize that one of the gang is... Sindril, the aforementioned supposedly super special mage that's been writing books for people. And I was just like, wait, this is that guy that everybody's been trying to read the books of, which opens the dimension gate thing. Everything feels almost accidental and unimportant until they are suddenly important because story reasons. Yes. You know, which feels very much like the problem with the first Witcher. They never explain what those drinks are that Henry Cavill would drink and what it does to him. He just drinks it, suddenly becomes super special Henry Cavill, and he does a thing. I don't need a recipe breakdown of what that thing is, but I need to know the reason he drinks it. You have to give me something. Also, in an age of House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power, why does this thing have like a BBC Merlin level production? The visual effects are terrible. The monsters look cheap. Did they shoot this over COVID or something? And so therefore they had to use vast open spaces with really bad lighting. Everything looked a little cheap. And maybe for a four episode miniseries, Netflix wasn't going to blow the same kind of money they would on a full season of The Witcher, but you can tell, and it looks terrible. And when HBO and Prime are rolling out quality the way they are, you can't get away with this because it really pulls you out of the show. The main big bad CG monster does not look good. The main big bad CG monster doesn't do anything. It shows up the last, what, 10 minutes of the show. Well, it shows up in the beginning to do a thing that sets all of this off. But that was sure. sure. Yeah. And then it does nothing for four episodes. 
he crawls through some buildings at some point, but big deal. And then it shows up at the last 10 minutes of the show where you don't even get a satisfying battle because they keep cutting back and forth between what everyone else is doing. Which is nothing, by the way. You have no affinity to anybody and they aren't doing anything. So why are we cutting back to the two mages who are trying to blow up this thing? Which, again, no explanation. Just like, oh, we have to blow up a thing. How are we going to do it? Magic things. And then... It just feels, everything just feels too convenient. I don't have an explanation as to what the monolith is, so I don't really care about the monolith. There is this whole conversation about traveling through time and space, which feels kind of cheap because I didn't need to know how the portals worked. I understood that there was magic in the world. However, in explaining how these portals came to be, you don't necessarily just remove the mystery of it. It actually makes it kind of lame. And it goes back to this idea of trying to build out a franchise and over-explain things for the sake of explaining it. Because they need a story. Because they need these four episodes. They need to keep it fresh in the mind of viewers while they work on season three and kind of say farewell to Henry Cavill and bring in Liam Hemsworth and all of that stuff. It just feels cheap and uninspired like these four episodes the story in this four episodes is so basic it's so pedestrian it's so boring and it's got terrible lines the dialogue is awful michelle yo does the best she can with what little she's given <laughs> and it's only her charisma that actually makes her work as a character but most of the time she isn't given anything to do and her character is a pretty cool one if they actually fleshed it out and developed it. Michelle Yeoh's charisma is the only reason that I kept watching it because I kept wanting more of her. She was given about as good a line as anybody else. And the problem is nobody else has got that kind of charisma on screen. From the very beginning, I didn't care about the dog or the, the raven or brother death or the two mage twins or whatever they were and the little dwarf. Nothing, none of it. I didn't give a shit. The dwarf and, and her hammer was kind of cool and I really wish I had seen more of her. But other than that, it really kind of just was four episodes of a thing that I will forget in about 15 minutes. Which is very disappointing. I mean, these are all stock fantasy characters. Yeah. Everything that matters to them, we are told, matter to them. Mm. There's some pretty bad acting. There are bad lines. The styling and costumes and production design on this is incredibly two-dimensional and just completely uninspired. I was going to say, maybe in a year without the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, this might have held up. But no, I don't think so. I think, I think if you are a person who kind of appreciates good storytelling, you will notice right off the bat that this one yeah. has nothing for you, that you've seen all of this before. And done better. Even when you think about Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, and you know where George R. R. Martin takes his inspiration from and how he's kind of subverted those tropes. And that's what makes it exciting and interesting. You can tell where The Witcher takes all of its inspiration from. And there is this interesting idea here about merging science fiction with fantasy and bringing in ideas of portals and time travel and all of that stuff into a fantasy universe. But it's just executed very, very poorly. It feels like an AI wrote the script to this. You fed in various fantasy novels and told this AI where you want the plot to go. And it kind of churned out this incredibly boring 
straightforward storyline. Like you knew exactly how this was going to play out. There is a scene in this show in which Michelle Yeoh seemingly betrays the group. Obviously, she doesn't, right? But even then, you can write it so it's convincing to the audience or at least makes the audience think twice. Wait, is she being conniving? Is she actually going to betray the group? But obviously, from the get-go, the way it's written, the way it plays out, none of it is actually convincing. And so it feels like a story trope that is employed for the sake of employing a story trope. It isn't a real twist. For me, I've always been disappointed with the Witcher series. I've found that despite your arguments that it should be for me, I bounce off of it so hard. And I know people who love it. I know people and I've heard of people and I've read reviews of people who really do enjoy the Witcher series. And I'm okay with that. But this one really feels like they're both trying too hard and not trying hard enough. I don't know. I mean, I've read some reviews of Blood Origin that have enjoyed it. And I'm like, congratulations, guys. This was really weird one for me. Also, can I just say, with the kind of sort of marketing spin we've seen Netflix pull out whenever there's a new Witcher series come out, this one's fairly quiet. They dropped it on Christmas Day. On a Sunday. On Sunday, but also Christmas Day, right? Like, I don't know anybody who's going to be sitting around Christmas dinner putting this on. There's a simple answer for that, Bahi. As both you and I know, the people who make these things know when they have garbage. It's not like they think this is very good. They too know there were missteps along the way. I think we've spoken to enough producers and directors to know that they are well aware. And even the folks at Netflix and Prime and HBO, everyone kind of knows when they have a mediocre product. And so I think it explains the marketing push. It explains the Sunday release. It explains all sorts of things. There was a rumor going around that the reason Cable left the Witcher series was because he was unhappy with where the showrunners were taking the show because they were straying too much from the source material. I don't know if that's true. That was just a story that was going around. But if the quality of this is anything to go by, then I think, yeah, maybe he was on to something. Blood Origin is a hot steaming pile of garbage. If you're a Witcher fan, maybe you could convince yourself that this is good. God knows Star Wars fans have done it for generations. But here's the thing. There are comments online about how people are saying this is straying way too far off the source material. You know what I mean? So even then, it's a who is this actually for kind of situation. But here's the thing. I don't even mind if it strays off the source material if it's good. Yes. I go back to the Rings of Power. The people who dislike the Rings of Power claim to be hardcore Tolkien fans who think this is fan fiction, right? I'm okay with fan fiction because at the end of the day, everything Star Wars that has come after George Lucas is pretty much fan fiction. And yet, we have no issues with The Mandalorian or The Bad Batch or Andor. All of that is fan fiction. By that measure, lah. Because if you take Tolkien as the original author of the work, you cannot remove George Lucas as the original author of Star Wars and everything that comes after. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say. This thing is this thing is awful. I, I, I was, it was a complete and utter waste of four hours of my life. I'm not even angry. I'm not even disappointed enough to be disappointedly angry. This was just a thing that I had to watch for assignment. Yeah. This is homework. Yeah. It's funny because it's come to that point when we're genuinely surprised 
when Netflix puts out something good as opposed to something bad. Mm. And you know what? It's expected, right? You can't oversee and produce and put out 30 originals a month or 50 originals a month and expect everything to be a winner. Netflix seemed to be horribly caught in the churn, that they need to churn out content. And like you said, Bahe, trying hard but not trying hard enough, it feels like they're trying hard to create a franchise, but not trying hard enough to make that thing good. And that's the problem. Yeah. Blood Origin, The Witcher, it's now streaming on Netflix. Watch it if you're a completist, I suppose. But even then, I think you might be disappointed. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. You know how to reach out. All of our social media feeds are gogglermy. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.